Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Paula 2 race review with Weege and JT coming right up. First up, though, thank you to the folks at Racetech, privateer proven. Pulp 22 is the code to save. Get some motor work done, get some suspension work done, and when you do it, uh, tell them you listen to Pulp, and they'll give you a discount. Racetech's got service centers all across America, and their suspension and motor seminars, which take place in Southern California, uh, taught by the people at Racetech, are uh, accepting applications now. Suspension one is almost sold out. And Motor One uh, has room as well for advanced uh, advanced students. So please check that out. Racetech.com for more information on that. Get your work done on your bike and save with Pulp 22. Thank you to the folks at AllBallsRacing.com as well. Whether it's uh, Vertex Pistons, Hot Cams, uh, Bike in a Box pr- products, whatever it is, um, Pivot Works. Uh, AllBallsRacing.com is ready to service you and your motorcycle at great prices and great quality and aftermarket parts. So rebuild your bike and use the folks at AllBallsRacing.com to, to supply your bike uh, front to back. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. AllBallsRacing.com. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Paula 2, Fox Raceway, uh, the round 12 of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. And that's a wrap. Uh, two champions crowned at the race. And uh, we'll talk more about that and, and saw also a little bit of NBA as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing. 2023 is out for the folks at Fly Racing. They're super excited. They're charging in uh, with improvements to both style and performance for this year, led by the industry-leading Formula Helmet. Featuring that Rion technology, Fly Racing has become synonymous with innovation and outside-the-box thinking. They've got what you want. They've got the widest product range out there. Uh, I'm going to be riding and testing some patrol gear, which is their off-road line. That's coming up shortly. Uh, so whether it's patrol stuff, whether it's the light hydrogen or the uh, Evo stuff, whatever it is, Fly Racing has you covered at Fly Racing USA on social media. And uh, please check them out, all their athletes as well. And uh, big things happening for the folks at Fly Racing, so thank you to that. Uh, also, thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires, SGB Maxxis Honda. Uh, Bryson Gardner this weekend on his Maxxis Tires uh, being one of the surprises of the race. Good job to Bryson on his uh, Maxxis Tire-equipped Honda. And uh, whether it's light truck tires, whether it's trailer tires, mountain bike tires, Maxxis.com for more information on that. Thank you to those guys. They're affiliated with Jeremy McGrath. So, I mean, what more can you want? Uh, speaking of tight title chases, right? Uh, also, thanks to the folks at Renthal, uh, Renthal.com. They wrapped up a championship with Jet Lawrence because Factory Hondas used Renthal for a long time, way back in 1986. Kawasaki using Renthal products as well. Uh, Red Bull KTM, of course. Renthal.com. Chains, sprockets, 
grips, bars, mountain bike stems, oversized stems, oversized bars, carbon bars for mountain bikes. Renthal.com for more information. they got a dealer locator on there as well. If you want to look for a specific product, their website's super informative. So go to Renthal.com and check it out. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Motorsport.com. Kobo links. We'll talk to you more about later. Uh, All Balls Racing on board, of course, as well. Uh, but let's get right into this because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, this race. And first up on the line, he's the voice of the series. Him, James Stewart, Dennis Rodman. If you had those three calling motocross in 2022, congratulations. What's up, Weege? Yeah. I, I don't even know, man. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know what happened. It might have been a heat. Maybe that was heat stroke. I'm not sure anything that happened over the weekend happened. Um, it, it did seem like we had Dennis Rodman uh, in the booth. There were some odd smells coming from the man. He had a cigar lit. Um, it's more like a dream, I think, than anything else. Yeah, and like I said, imagine going into January of 2022 saying, this year, James Stewart and Dennis Rodman will call a race. That's, yes, that's right. Just imagine that. Right, that. right. That's right. Uh, one guy we haven't heard from. In, in years, and one guy is the uh, NBA's leading rebounder for about a decade. So, yeah. Uh, also on the and line, uh, also on the line, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. He is, uh, well, was the pit reporter for the series. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not much, not much. Uh, yeah, Dennis Rodman, that was, that was a surprise. No question, no question about that one. No, and, I, and I was told, I was told it was quite the, uh, the sideshow to actually coordinate that and get him there. And uh, there was also all sorts of analogies used to what it was like to have to get him actually to this race. Yeah. I imagine it a little bit like me trying to get chicken here for the pulp show one time, same yeah. level. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd heard in the morning monster brought Dennis Rodman in and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Right. 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 Sure. And then never and filed it away in my brain as something that like whatever I I'm gonna move on with my life, uh, and then yeah it was actually Mertz uh, Lucas Myrtle L Jet Lawrence's agent uh, made it happen because Jet is a big Dennis Rodman fan from the uh, Netflix uh, uh, Chicago Bulls um, documentary, and he loves Rodman and he wanted to meet him and as a championship bonus his agent Myrtle uh, got a hold of some people who got a hold of some people who got a hold of Dennis Rodman. And basically paid for him to come out to Paula and meet Jet. And I don't know how, Weege, how did the booth thing come about? When did, when did you hear that he was coming in? Yeah, so I guess he wasn't there uh, for Monster. It was like you said, it was Lucas Myrtle that had him there. And uh, But he, when we heard he was there, uh, credit to Doreen, our uh, tape replay producer, who JT, you now know well from working with her all summer. Yep. Um, uh, through the years, she's become really close with the freestyle guys over at Monster because they do demos during Supercross, and she usually shoots some B-roll of that to roll on the Supercross shows. So she knows everybody over there. So she hears Dennis Rodman's at the race, and she's like, wait a minute. I'm going to reach out to Kenny Taco Bell. I bet you he'll know what Rodman's up to. And, uh, yeah, it was just that simple. Hey, Kenny, you know Dennis Rodman's here? Yep, I'm hanging out with him right now. So that simple. And... Uh, then he so then said, Kenny Kenny says, can you go do TV? Kenny, I think, said, hey, wait, is James Stewart doing TV today? And she said yes. And then he writes back, game changer, Dennis wants to meet him. So it was actually Rodman. I mean, Rodman was there for Jet Lawrence. He was enough of a stew fan uh, because they tell me, hey, Rodman's here. Then they're like, hey, Rodman's coming to the booth. And I said, 
well, I thought James Stewart was a big deal. And they're like, no, he is. Rodman's only coming to the booth because it's James Stewart. And I'm like, all right. So I assumed James knew about him to some degree, but James never knew that Rodman knew who he was, had never met him or anything. So, dude, James is like speechless when Rodman comes in and starts like praising him on the air. Did James had no idea Dennis Rodman had ever heard of him. Did James know Rodman was coming in, though? Or did he just literally walk in the yes, door? Yes, they did tell us okay, that. Okay, and then right. <laughs> I can tell you, like, we hear the back door of the trailer open, and then usually it's like, one minute and somebody walks into our room. Yeah. And it was a long process to get Rodman in, in condition to be on the air, apparently, to get him in the mental state necessary. <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah. So he knew about James. No doubt he knew what James, you know, that James had transcended the sport and innovated the sport. Like, who knows if he knows his, his win record, but he definitely knew yeah. James Stewart and knew that he changed the game of motocross and all this stuff. So that was pretty cool. And yes, James seemed super stoked that Rodman was in there. So, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah, Robin said, he's like, you know, first it was Jeremy McGrath, then it was James Stewart. And I'm like, we were just mind blown. I'm like, oh my God, he, he knows Jeremy McGrath. Like, what? Yeah. Um, so James is really riding high. And I mean that only in like a figurative sense um, for about 10 or 15 minutes. Then JT, you do the podium interview at Jet. Were you aware at that point, JT, of what this special present that Jet was going to be getting was? Yeah, yeah. Myr Myrtle had told me because Myrtle wanted me to tease Jet with it. Uh, in the uh, the podium presentation, yeah. Uh, so I, so I did that, but yeah, Jet still had no idea. But I was I I did know by then. Obviously, I knew that Myrtle had brought him there, and I knew he had already been in the booth. And then so yeah, I I had lots of inside information at that point. Well, it was just funny because it's like for a few minutes it almost seemed like Robin was there because of Stu. Uh, but then I'm like, oh no, we just found out it's actually because of Jet Lawrence. It's Lucas Myrtle. Like sorry, James, but. But Rodman had said that they should build a statue of James at the racetrack. Yes. what he's done for the sport. Yeah, and I agree so with that. James came back yeah. with, hey, yeah. hey, he did say a statue. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. he had that. He still yeah, had that. he did have that. Well, you know, remember one time we did, uh, unfortunately, it didn't really work out, but we rented a Denny. Do you remember that years oh, ago? Oh, right? Oh, oh. No, it did not work out. <laughs> no, but but you can rent the Rodman, and that's really what happened. And uh, uh, not the same results, but you know, uh, yeah, close. Yeah, not not bad. Uh, but it was cool to have him there. He was into it. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then yeah, Jet, the, you got, JT, you guys had the video. Now, were you there, JT, or was that just B roll that you? Were? No, I was there. Yeah, I was there. I watched. So, I watched this. This all go down. Okay, so to me, Jet was like not that stoked. Uh, or, or did I get the wrong impression? No, he was. No, he definitely was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like he, the look on his face was like, I, I can't believe who I'm looking at. Like he oh, okay. was definitely the, very surprised. The look on, to me, the look on his face was like, oh, it's Dennis Rodman. <laughs> so I don't no. know. Okay. All right. So different, different, different interpretations of the same event. No, he was very, he was very excited. Right. Okay. So, and then was Rodman there for long? We would, I went back to Honda and I didn't see him. I, I don't know if it was like, if he timed out or, I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see him either. I mean, I guess 250s race first, right? So there could have been almost two hours yeah. between the end of his moto by the time I got over there. Uh, but I didn't see him. And then Jet told me um, that – Steve, remember at Washougal like two years ago when we were quizzing Jet on his knowledge of the history of the sport and it was just absolutely pathetic? Yeah. Yep. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm like, so why Rodman? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't really look up to a lot of riders in the past of the sport. He's like, sorry, James. Sorry, RC. Sorry, MC. Sorry. Uh, but I really like Rodman, so I thought that was pretty funny. Right, right. He likes <laughs> he likes the guy that was like basically a train wreck off the court, but yes. 
you know, not Jordan. No, 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 not Jordan. Not not, not MCRC. No, Rodman. no, no. Yeah. So I'm guessing he likes J Law when it comes to motocross. Maybe, maybe that. You know. Actually, funny you bring that up. So also involved with this, helping move Rodman around was uh, Scott Sepkovic, uh formerly J Law's agent, or maybe currently. Who's to say? Uh, Sepkovic is a huge wheel ups and downs in the industry. Like when Monster first came in, he was the guy facilitating that. And same thing with Jason Lawrence, Calm Hollywood. So he was suddenly there with Rodman the whole time. He kept pointing at himself to let me know that he was part of this. Um, but last year at this race, uh, I remember Hollywood was there. He was the big-time agent of the 2000s, Mercs being the big-time agent now, and they met for the first time. And they were like comparing like J-Law, Jet Lawrence, and J-Law, Jason Lawrence stories. And it was about one minute before Jet was like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing anything like that. Like, oh. Like, right. yeah, like maybe Jet's a little unfiltered on the podium or a little bit silly. But it was like the very first J-Law story that Subkovic had. Jet was like, yeah, I'm out on any of that. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not my guy. <laughs> again, though, it was you, Rodman, and James Stewart in a booth. It's just... <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> just, just say that over and over a few times. Like, yeah, it's part of the broadcast team. Yeah, it's part of the broadcast. Let's team. throw it to Dennis Rodman. He had his hat. Why didn't he have his band on his hat attached? He did. did it looked like he was. I think his head's too big. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it would. Uh, yeah. Buckle. Right. Buckle. So at one point he was going to come uh, to the announcers tower in that VIP area, and and I was going to interview him, but we were debating we we're going to have a problem because my mic cord i wouldn't have been able to reach him to interview him so i was going to have to find something to stand on or maybe stand on the side like stand a step up on the side of the of the railing to be able to reach him with the microphone so we we were there were a lot of uh you know makeshift plans happening behind the scenes <laughs> wow uh height differential just too much I, yeah. well the mic like my cord's not that long to reach like anybody, like even if it's one of the taller riders, I have a hard time getting it all the way up to them. Like there's no chance I would have been interviewing Dennis Rodman's chest. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, yeah, it was, it was something else for sure. Um, James was back in the booth. He did a good job again. We, I felt like, he, yeah, he was, he was good. He's incredible. He's, um, yep. he's, He's really next level. Like he's seeing things that I, I don't know other people are seeing. And I don't even want to include myself in that because, you know, I'll, I'll assume all ex-professional riders and whatnot are seeing things that I'm not seeing. Um, but it is absolutely next level, the stuff that he's picking up on. And that's just on the fly. Like I think anyone who does this job, JT, probably the same thing for you. If you go back and watch a race and you're not announcing and you just watch it, you see 50% more than you do in the moment. Um, so we're just getting what James is seeing on the fly, which is unbelievable. I can't imagine if he goes back and watches again. I think I'm reappreciating with a student of the game. I, I feel a little bad. Like Stu eventually became known for like crazy balls, Stu. Like he'll just hang it out and jump stuff. And he's so talented. The, the craft part, which we thought about with James when he was younger, you know, wearing out videotapes. I think that kind of got lost in history, but man. I it is there. I agree with you. You just uh, you didn't realize that he thought as much as he did. You just thought it was like he's just so damn good. Uh, yep. A lot, a lot of greats, quote unquote, you know, don't know how they do it. Right? They don't make great teachers. They don't know what they're doing, how they do it. It's just all the uh, the, the the talent they have. But James, yeah, James seems to be, yeah, underrated in that aspect. We don't think about that as much. I think, yeah. you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. 
Um, all right, uh, Eli Tomac's your champion. What a first moto, JT. That was uh, that was great, man. He, you know, he told us after. By the way, uh, in talking to him, he hated this track. I don't know if he hated anything more in his life than this motorcycle track. So just remember He's, that. He said this is better than Unadilla on Friday night. Oh, he did? Show. Okay. He said this track is better than Unadilla. Okay, all right. So there's the bar for you. Uh, uh, he uh, he said he ha- he'd had a plan to win the first moto, uh, obviously, being one up. You know, that's the nice way to take pressure off yourself. Uh, and then he said that when Sexton was up front, he, you know, he had, to, he had to think about it and make a change of strategy. He used lappers to do it. Uh, he used a little mistake by Chase and uh, and took off. Twenty five minute motos, obviously. Well, let, let's let's start there. Twenty five minute motos. Some of the legends of the sport blew the series out on social media. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with shortening the motos. The teams agreed to it. I also see the other side of like, well, just pace yourself. And you know, it was damn hot. We've certainly had hotter races. I'm really ambivalent about the change. Like, I'm fine either way. I'm not adamant that they should have stuck with 30, and I'm not adamant that cutting it was the right way. If the teams agreed to it, okay, cool. That's where I'm at with that. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to speak more about it, but that's my thoughts on shortening the motos. Um, my only my only thing would be, do you think the results changed at all because they were shorter? I, I don't. No. So with that in mind, you know, yeah. I don't have a problem. Yeah. Uh, great first moto by Eli, though. That was impressive um, to do that, pull up on Sexton, use the lappers, you know, kind of – he was – told me that he you know he was had a couple spots in mind but it was going to be really tough to make a pass on the kid um and he needed a mistake but great moto by eli that's that's great yeah i mean phenomenal phenomenal ride by him he wondered who was going to make the mistake right because there's just so much pressure and so much on the line and the track was so tricky you could make mistakes everywhere on that track and you know like uh, I just felt like going in, somebody was going to make a mistake at some point that was going to be, I don't want to use the word fatal because that's overstating it, but was going to make the difference. And it was Sexton in the second moto, right? The first moto, I thought both of them were as close to, you know, perfect as you can be. Like, you know, Tomek got the best of him, but Sexton was right there. And then the second moto chase just kind of came unraveled a little bit, even though the speed was there. He was unquestionably the fastest guy on the track, but I think he was, he was over the line. Right, right. Uh, Weege, what, how'd you see it? Yeah, I mean, it was everything you wanted to see. That's the main thing I want to make the point of. They even started 1-2 in the first moto, which was spectacular. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know all the decisions behind the 25-minute moto thing. Like, I, Personally, I guess it would have been better to do this 30 plus 2, because like you said, we've definitely seen races that were as hot, but there might have been things that I don't know about that led to that decision. I, I agree with JT. I don't think it really changed the results in the end. Um, but I think Eli learned, because um, I interviewed him too, Steve, said similar things to me that he said to you. I think he learned a little bit last week. He was able to catch him in lappers, and he was able to do it again. Uh, but I think because of the heat, it couldn't just be an all-out sprint, right? There had to be a little bit of strategy. And uh, I guess the older, more experienced guy had a little bit better strategy in the end. But, I mean, it, it was darn close, as it should have been. It was, it was pretty awesome. There was, at one point in Moto2, Eli's like eighth. I'm like, dude. Sexton's going to go to the front and maybe Anderson who, 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 you know, they beat Christian pretty badly in Moto 1, right? So we knew that wasn't going to happen, but Anderson had fallen with all the rest of those guys and we'd seen Anderson win some races. So at some point, Weege, in Moto 2, I'm like, we got a problem here. Well, not me. I don't really give a shit, but Tomac's got a problem here. 
Sexton's going to go right by Anderson, and Anderson could hold Eli off is what I was sort of thinking could happen, you know, early in the moto. But if you look oh, – sorry, I know you didn't ask me, but – Yeah, I didn't. I, but. <laughs> go ahead, Weech. Oh, I don't care. Go ahead, Jason. I just yeah. have such a problem with that take because of the lap times. The lap times don't didn't bear that out at all. They did right? early on. And then well, yeah, okay, the first first little bit, but I'm that, I'm saying based on the first moto, like they, those guys were they were going seven seconds a lap faster than the rest of the field at times, like well, never less than like five. Okay, but Anderson fell and was in traffic and came from last or thirty fourth to I'm, fifth I'm counting, or whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm counting lap times. So I, yeah, but he's I mean, in. They were, he was doing five he, lap. They were doing five okay, laps better. He, five he, seconds a lap better than Anderson again, on average. He he was. You can't. Anderson has shown the speed at times. So I didn't think it was going to happen, but I thought to myself, oh, this is interesting. Like, Anderson could play the difference here. Now, obviously, it it didn't work out, and Anderson's times dropped pretty quickly. But early on in Moto2, they were kind of doing the same things. So that's where I was coming from. It's easy to sit here now and be like, oh, I knew that. But we didn't didn't see them beat Anderson that bad in Moto1. We didn't know. I like what Stu said. It basically is Tomac's like, I beat these guys by, I beat third place by a minute and Sexton the same. I beat these guys by a minute in the first moto. There's no reason to panic here. Like I'm going to be a lot better than these guys at the end of 25 minutes. Anderson. What's funny was Eli was, he actually used that word. He did. Um, yeah. He he told me, I think he said the same thing to you, Steve. He was having flashbacks to Moto2 at Bugs Creek where he couldn't get those guys. Now that's probably unrealistic after you win by a minute 17. I bet you with the heat, you can almost count on, these guys are going to fade. I need it more than them. I'll get them. But, uh, yeah, he did say he was pretty worried uh, at that point just because that Bud's Creek motor where he could only get fifth. I mean, Anderson was four-tenths off Eli in qualifying. He was faster than Sexton in qualifying. You know, there, there was some thought to the, that was going to happen. And I was, was the first, what was it? What were the best times in the first moto? Well, I, again, J- JT, Anderson fell and was I'm just asking fifth. a question. So I, I'm asking a question ever, without comment. Did he ever have a clean lap? We don't even know. He, I'm he's sure working, he did. He's working I don't think he 30... was in traffic for 30 minutes. Okay, all right, cool. JT knew it was always going to happen. Eli, you, despite Eli I, telling me and telling Weege he was going to panic. You know. asking a question without comment. Okay, thanks. We got it. All right. So, anyways. You're not going to answer it? No. Okay. Uh so, anyways, I was thinking that could maybe happen. Of course, it didn't, and you know, the, the, neither guy played a role in that. And those two guys—I mean, Sexton was three crashes, right? Three crashes was the final total. Yeah, three. Uh, he was still going so fast after falling and getting up. And again, all Eli had to do was get second in the moto, uh, and he wins the championship, right? Because of the first moto. So even Eli was like, "Well." I could see him coming, and then I was like, is he going to knock me down? <laughs> so there was some yeah. drama going on. The second moto had more drama than I would have thought uh, after, you know, Eli wins the first moto and they win by a minute 17. I'm like, it's very hard to come up with a scenario besides a chain breaking or something, Yeah, which is one in a million. But there were a few times during it, just Eli being in the ninth and eventually Sexton being behind him and catching him, uh, where, yeah, I mean, there's a chance he's going to try to knock him down. Uh, well, I'm like, okay, there were a couple opportunities here where it was like, wait, I'm not 100% sure this is going to work out the way we thought. Uh, bunching? Bunching? <laughs> we, we had bunching. We yeah, that would have been a lot of, we a had, lot of bunching. A lot of bunching. A lot of bunching. 
Uh, uh, but yeah. we, we, we did have a chance at some bunching going on in the other class, but yeah. uh, we'll get to that. I feel the uh, Stu's take is that the first Sexton crash, he, he glanced over to see where Eli was. Uh, I don't know if I, I really saw that. I saw no I glance. Defer. I saw no glance. Yeah, I, I, I just tend to defer to any of the experts. I, I don't want to contradict them. Um, I'm sure Sexton will say that's not the case. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like maybe it was pressure, and then I feel like that last one was just, I mean, he's just riding balls to the wall, right? He, he was That's almost two seconds pressure. faster than Eli and, and everybody else. He was over two seconds than the next guy, and he was almost two seconds quicker, best lap time in the second moto than Eli. So, yeah, it was uh, it was go time. But, I mean, yep. I, I didn't think he was going to knock him down. I, Sex is not going to try that, like, in my mind, you know? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Not, not uh, Hunter Lawrence level. I don't believe. Who? Hunter Lawrence. Oh, level. Hunter Lawrence level. Jet, Sorry, Jets yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. Okay, so nine seconds off. Sexton was of Tomac in Moto in Moto Two, and Tomac brought it home. Uh, I also Anderson, thought Anderson twenty six seconds back. Thanks, JT. Uh, yeah. You you know everything. I know you knew exactly no, how it was I all going to play out. I don't know. Despite Anderson I, I, being quicker in practice, in qualifying, and I'm not despite to have that, an opinion. I got, I no, got it. you I'm know, not to have an opinion. Well, apparently, I wasn't because I tried to have one, and you just said no. Nope. We, we were debating a point. Nope. So, uh, JT, do you think Sexton uh, looked over? Did, did you see any of that? Did you watch? I it wasn't. That, it, that was. I wasn't able to see any of that um, because I was in that Rodman ordeal. So I was like running back to the mechanics tower during that first crash. So I, I don't I don't know. I was like in the middle of running down to start straight to get to the tower. Did either of you talk to Sexton after the moto? After the I did. I did. Just on the podium oh, though, okay. I didn't yeah. I didn't ask him like specifically about that. Right. We did you get a chance to talk to him? No, he was there uh under the Honda tent, you know, hanging out the whole time yeah. uh, post race. But uh I don't know. I just felt like here's what I deferred to. In the game seven loss, right? They interviewed the coach, they get a quote, they move on. Um, right. So maybe I should have, but I, I didn't. I was in the Honda truck uh, talking to Lars, and um, he was upstairs in the locker still long after the moto. Like, I looked up in the lounge, and he was – I looked up in the lockers from the lounge, and he was still in there in his gear, you know, and this was a yep. while after the moto. So, yeah. What I thought was cool was uh, really late, a um, couple hours after, uh, Dunge was over there, and then eventually Kenny came over too. And they were chatting with him, which uh, I would assume, you know, I think Dungeon already talked to him about some stuff earlier in the year about championship, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got a little yeah. glimpse of that, yeah. So. Yeah, so I think it was cool. It was like two uh, veteran guys who had won titles before, lost titles before and all that. I think just giving him a pep talk or, or, or talking him through it. Um, so I didn't want to interrupt that at that point. Do you guys feel like, I just feel like Sexton was trying too hard. I mean, the, those lap times are incredible. Don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like that was necessarily the sustainable lap time, and that's why you got crashes. Like, it was one led to the other. Like, incredible speed, but also you can't go two seconds a lap faster than Tomac for 30 minutes without a mistake, or three. Yeah, I agree. The, at least the third crash, I think, was definitely that. The first one, I don't know. Um, I didn't really see the glance. Again, I don't want to say that James Stewart doesn't know what he's talking about, so maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But I believe that was a mistake, not a riding over his head mistake. But the third one for sure, I think, was like, I got to win or die trying, which hey, well, that's the way it goes, right? But uh, the, the second one, 
I don't know. You got to figure there's a little bit of pressure or panic or something like that in there. I mean, at, at, you know, it, he could have went right by Eli. It wouldn't have mattered, right? Eli would have moved right on over. And uh, at that point, you're just hoping for a chain break, like you said earlier, Weed, or whatever, right? So, you know. I, I know, but you, I feel like in these situations, you, you, you can't approach it like we are sitting here on a Sunday afternoon at our house and be like, "Well, you just know this is going to happen." And that, like, oh yeah, you there's just, a level of pressure and and mental stress that in that moment, I don't know if they're thinking that clearly. Oh, you just know hey, like, they're going to oh, get I'll, Anderson. I'll, I'll just pass him easy. He'll, I'm sure he's just like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." It's probably worth running through his mind. You just, you just know Anderson's not going to be a factor. You just know that. So, I mean, despite Eli saying it, you know, it's just jab, jab, JT. Well, that's what I mean. Like, okay, maybe if you show Eli lap times on a piece of paper, he's like, oh, yeah, actually, I didn't have anything to worry about. But when he's ninth at the beginning of the race and Sexton's in third, your mind starts probably telling you things uh, that are a little irrational because that's what pressure does. And I'm sure the same thing with Sexton was like, I, I have to pass my I have to pass. And, yeah, would he live? Let him go, probably. But I don't think you think that clearly in that moment. That's what the pressure is. You guys, uh, I didn't put this together, JT, but you guys did on the broadcast. It is really cool. Tomac won his first ever national, and then he won his last ever national. Never thought of that. That's really cool. Really neat. You know? Yeah, I, was, I actually came up with that on uh, Monday. I emailed the crew and I said, "Do oh. we have Hangtown 2010?" Because assuming we're assuming it's his last one, right? I think so. He hasn't. He actually yeah. hasn't so said like, that. How cool but, would yeah. it be if he right. wins his first and last, and the winning the last gets him his last title? Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that is uh, five outdoor titles and two Supercross titles, seven titles altogether. One that that ties Dunge right at seven. RV's got eight. I think. Is that how we do this? I think uh, I believe RV is nine in his second most ever, but now I now you're going to make me spend two minutes here calculating Dunge. Hang on. Well, uh, RV always gets angry that we we don't count as two fifty supercross one. I thought it was nine with a two fifty supercross, but maybe. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't know, but uh, JT, does this put him on your Mount Rushmore? Man, it's it's hard not to, uh, especially going out like that. Uh, there was so much pressure and hype and everything there. And for him to go do it and go one, one. And I mean, they, they annihilated everyone and and we're obviously having our little debate, whatever, but they smoked everyone else in the field, whether they thought they were going to, or I don't care about any of that. That's all fine. We can have our different opinions, but on paper, what they did to the field, especially the first moto, holy crap, man, they, they killed these guys. They were so much better, and we had talked about that, um, you know, and, and with Jeff Emig and other people, you know, at these other staging area shows we did on Friday nights, and that was a big point that Jeff Emig was actually making is that these guys were going to start separating themselves more and more and more as we approached this finale, and it, that played out exactly. They were just on a, on a different level on, on Saturday, and Tomac, to his credit, was one level above that, and to go 1-1, and just put a stamp on it like that. I, I think he'll look back on on yesterday for a really long time with a smile. Yeah, it was pretty pretty damn impressive. Um, like there was no signs of him being nervous, or he didn't show any signs of the pressure. None. I don't even know that I saw a real mistake out of him. Which you know, early in the career in some supercross races, he got flustered. It appeared to yes. it appeared that he yeah. got flustered at times. So. For sure. There was just none of that. There was no no sign of stress or uncertainty. I'm sure in his mind it's a totally different deal. But what we saw, 
out of his riding, there was none of that. Uh, he said uh, to me that honestly, because it was just a race that he had to win, like any other race, he felt less pressure. He's like, if I had a ten point lead, it's like then you start thinking you you need to ride differently. He's like, I almost felt better. It's like any other race. The goal is always just to win, and I knew I had to win. And he felt that that actually was less pressure. Oddly, he that uh, was his theory. yeah. He I mean, look, it's not. Uh... It's not rocket science, but he said, you know, I I really want to win the first moto, which he was really happy after the was, first yes, moto. That like was, right away, right when he came into the tent, you could see. I don't want to use the word elation because he knew he had another moto, but he was very happy about the work he had just done. Yeah. No question about no, it. That was one of the more impressive motos I can remember him having in his career, uh, and there's been a lot. And this one was so steady and fast and error free. And then when he struck, he was gone. Like I gotta go. Like see, you know. Well, Sexton hung in there though. I thought I thought yeah. Sexton did a really good job of hanging in there. No, but I think he opened up to like one. I think I was looking at the timing and scoring. I think it was like within a few turns, it was one point something already. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. Sexton so. Sexton regrouped though. Yeah. Um, he had that one line in the back where he was tripling through the rollers, and he was he was had that dialed in. Once he kind of regrouped from the pass, and I, I think he believed he was going to make a run back and, and get him back. It, it didn't play out that way, but he looked really good kind of once he got his bearings back. Did you add up the titles, Weege? Did I what? Did you add up the titles? You said you were going to Google the titles. Oh, yeah, oh. I did. Uh, um, I got uh, eight for Dunge, seven for Eli. And nine for RV? Oh, I got to do that, too? Come on, man. Well, I did. <laughs> The RV. No, you don't have to. You the don't. RV uh, 250 Supercross was the one that was uh, in doubt. Because... Yeah, nine for RV. Four Supercross, three 250 motocross, two 250, or two 450 motocross. That's nine. So I got nine for RV, eight for Dunn, seven for oh. Tomac. But I, I'm, RV to me, I, I'm not I'm not there. I, I still put RV ahead. Okay. Um, because the reason why is not that he has nine titles. It's how infrequently RV lost. Like, yeah. he basically won every title he was supposed to win almost ever. Uh, which is a Carmichael level thing, mm-hmm. and but, he beat um, he beat Dunge straight up almost all the time. Well, that's the point, right? Yeah. The one thing that Tomac has that Dunge doesn't is there are so many races over such a long time. You're like, oh my god, Eli Tomac is such a freaking beast. And with Dunge, full respect to Dunge for being solid, but there was always that. Yeah, uh, is he better than Villapoto? But there are so many weekends of Tomac like he's the best guy. There's just no doubt so- for six years. That's to me a pretty high level. This is another. This is maybe going down a wrong uh, path here of this podcast. But so did RV lose any titles that he didn't get hurt in? No, no, he did not. So every title he lost uh, outside the two hundred and fifty Supercross title when Canard won, he got hurt. I, yep. didn't, I didn't put that together. Yeah, till right yep. now. So yeah, he never. He was never beat straight up without injury. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Really impressive. Right, right. Yep. I mean, uh, Carmichael's the only other guy that can really say that. Right. Unless you want to count 125 Supercross, Steve. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Oh. Yeah, 97. <laughs> yes, I, I would like to count that, please, Your Honor, because I believe that's on the records. So it's in the record book. <laughs> okay. Fair. But our, and then RV, RV lost also, if you want to count those. Yeah, Kennard. And then, yep. and then yeah. he lost again, right? Because uh, yes, uh, wrist, the, his the wrist, next year. yeah, his wrist yep. was sore coming in or something or broken or yeah, yep. yeah. When Josh Grant hit him in Atlanta that year, 
All right, uh, Anderson third, 4-3. Craig, 3-4. Both rode well. Uh, didn't have anything for these guys. And with Craig's 3-4, he does get Dunge for fifth in the series, which was a goal of his. He had been racing Dunge all year long, and uh, he did break away of that and got fifth overall. Anderson, of course, third overall, two national wins. Great season for him and, uh, and all of that. Uh, these other guys... I don't know, man. I didn't notice a lot. Barsha got good starts in both motos, 5-6 uh, on the day. And Weed, you had tweeted this. Maybe maybe we'll talk about this when it comes to Barsha, that uh, Ferrandis has some back issues and Star is still not happy about that Bud's Creek incident. From what I gather, I think they're more angry now uh, than any point because I think at first they didn't think it was that big of an injury. Uh, but Bobby Regan told me he has, this week they had him checked out you know, I think they thought he was day-to-day. We'll see if he can race Ironman. And then, like, okay, we really got to look into this. And they say he has three herniated discs, which is no joke. Uh, they kept making the point that that's kind of what has taken Osborne out. Uh, I mean, literally led to his retirement. Um, now they're really angry, like really, really angry. And um, I was like, well, I don't know. They're like, they need to penalize him. And I'm like, well, they DQ'd him. That's yeah, like the yeah. biggest penalty they've ever handed out ever. But I don't think they consider that even enough. Right. They are really angry and they're really worried about Ferrandis' future. I, I think you will see soon that he will be out for motocross nations. Obviously, it hasn't been handled yet, but I yep. don't believe there's any chance he races. Right, right, yeah. And well, then his offseason, is his offseason screwed? Yep. Possibly. Right, yep. Uh, Barsha, 5-6. Craig, 3-4. Good day for all those guys. Uh, AP, 7-7. Seven, seven. He was caught up in that first turn or second. It was a t- second turn, right? Second turn? Yeah, pretty moment? much all of those guys yeah. went down second turn. Dunge, Mookie, AP, yep. Dino. Anderson, Dean. Yeah, it was it was uh dude, there were there were some guys running in the top ten that I don't think I'd ever heard of in my life. Uh like uh um who there was a guy who I'm trying to look at the Well Grant Harlan, I believe, is starting fourth. Well yeah, yeah Harlan I obviously yeah, we'll get to him. But Harlan was third. Third maybe, coming like the second third turn. Maybe Braden Lesler. I'm like, who is this guy? Or Kyle Greason? They were, like, up there. So, anyways, um, yeah. So, AP, 7-7 seven, seven on the day, and he said he knew that Benny had beat him in Moto1, so he knew he had to beat him in Moto2, so he really buckled down. But he made sure that I knew that it was no fun out there. But um, <laughs> many, many of these guys made sure that I knew it was no fun out there. Uh, it did. I, I don't think watching that anybody had that uh, misconception. No, no. Uh, Benny... Good job for Benny Bloss, six eight on the day. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, dude, he was catching Barsha and Craig. Yep, for a while in the first moto, like straight up. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Dunge went down both motos. Uh, second moto by the mechanics area, ten five for him. And then did is he done now? What 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 did I hear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's done. That came out of nowhere. I was quite surprised. Didn't we hear that it was like he was working on a deal for next? Yes, year? absolutely. I heard that from a KTM person that they were going to. Put him on a bike again. Yeah, but I've seen several post-race interviews now, both um, with with Dunge, uh, several with Dunge, and him saying, I'm done. Which I think is a good plan. Like, this was this worked out well. He got through. He's healthy. Well, he scratched it, the itch. But it never made, it never made sense for any of us why he wanted to come back and run the outdoors. Uh, but it was cool having him there. And then he, he did kind of fade, JT, the last three, four races. Like, more than you would think for Ryan, you know? Um yeah, there was some races yeah, that were a uncharacteristic of him because he was. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he was getting tired or maybe it's just his uh, motivation was waning a little bit. I, I don't really know. Maybe you know the 
when he wasn't able to get those podium podiums done when he had their shot, it just took the air out of the out of his sails a little bit. Yeah. Not not real sure. Kenny went down in both motos uh, in the first turn or first or second turns, so he was dead last in both motos, eight thirteen. And honestly, I barely noticed Kenny. Like just, yeah, didn't even really notice him. He was trying hard. I, I was watching him just kind of. I, I wanted to gauge his effort level and just body language, and he was still trying hard late in the race. Now, was he on the pace of the top guys? No, no. but he was still trying hard. Dean Wilson's last ever race, thirteen uh, nine. He wanted to end it with a top ten. He had said, and he did that tenth overall. My post race interview with him is great. Uh, he's like, "Yeah, this just confirmed I made the right decision. This confirmed <laughs> this confirmed everything about it, and I'm done. And I can barely walk, and my knees hurt. And <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was great. Did you listen, Weed? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny. It was, that was good. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's the way to go out. Like, if you have any regrets. Go ride in a hundred degree heat on that track, and yeah. it'll be yeah. He's but um, it, it's a mixed done. I mean, he's doing World Supercross, right? Yes, yeah, and he's doing uh, uh, next year. He's doing yeah, both Supercross and World Supercross. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask. I mean, he'll still do AMA Supercross next year, right? Yeah, yeah. This is his last right. national, right? Yeah, exactly. I wasn't sure it was big. I knew he was doing World Supercross. I couldn't remember if he had constant. I don't know who he's riding for. And but. he's 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 doing uh, you know, MXDN. For UK, so he is riding yes. motocross one more time on a. Do Husky, we know right? who he's riding for an AMA Supercross next year? Yeah, totally. You don't know? No. Yeah, Firepower Honda. Oh, oh. So he's just sticking with that team all the way through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good for Dean. Okay. Um, thirteen nine for Dino Grant Harlan riding a Kiefer supplied Honda. He's normally on a Kawasaki. Uh, a pulp fan heard him on the show last Monday, and uh, reached out and volunteered the guy's motorhome. So the guy drove his motorhome out, and Harlan had a place. Harlan and his dad had a place to stay in this motorhome for this guy. And then uh, Kiefer bored him a bike. He normally rides a Cowie, and he has his best race of the year. Because why not? Why not? <laughs> Dennis Rodman's in the booth, and Harlan jumps on a Honda and goes twelve eleven, and runs third in the first. Motor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On Kiefer's bike. On Kiefer's bike, right? Of course, it makes so much sense. <laughs> Hey, last year you had Jace Kessler racing this event on your bike, so. That's a great point. Yeah, that's true. We, we didn't go 12-11, but still, you're right. Uh, good job for, for Hawaii's own. The, 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 they're going to be one hell of a uh, luau going on, I bet, over this 12-11. <laughs> I absolutely love these stories because there are so many people making YouTube videos and going on social media and ragging on the sport about – you know, the rich get richer, and it's not fair, and it's unfair, and it's unfair, and it's unfair. I want to see the other motorsport of this level that has an Eli Tomac, Chase Sexton, all the resources, millions of dollars on the line being spent, best of the best, cream of the crop, but also has story like stories like Grant Harlan within the same race. I want to I want the receipts yep. to show me where that exists anywhere else in, that- in the racing world. This is my comeback to MXGP people, where you have to be approved to race or get a wild card or be on a team. I hate that. I think that's ridiculous. And I know you just have to pay. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, pay. It's a, like a thousand. I think it's a thousand euros. Uh, oh, well, to my furthering my point, furthering my point. Um, you. This is the most democratic. If you're fast, you can get in. You can borrow a bike and you can do well and you can race in the same race and get 12th, still beat 28 other guys in the same race that Tomac and Sexton are battling for millions of dollars. To me, that is the most fair, democratic system in all of racing, and then people want to complain. 
about, I don't know, four strokes or something. <laughs> I like it too. I, I think it's great. I think it's great stories. And, uh, yeah. Hawaii. And I mean, the guys from Hawaii, like let's the obstacles he's had in front of him are huge. He was telling Gosh. me the suspension was really soft. So then of course I went on Twitter and blew Kiefer out for his crappy suspension settings. And then Stephen Harlan was like, Kiefer's pretty fast. He's not Harlan level fast, but Kiefer's a good, great rider. And Harlan was like, yeah, like he's a good rider. Like, I don't know why his stuff's so soft. I thought it would be stiffer, and then I blew Kiefer out on social media because that's what we do. And then Kiefer said, relax, it'll be better for the for the motos. And then it was better for the motos. Oh. Yep, yep. So, you know. But why was it softer originally? I, I guess because uh, um, maybe you're going faster and you're, you're flat landing it and you're, you know, charging harder. And then when you, when you slow the speeds down, it works better. No, I just – I didn't know, like – was Kiefer saying like, was was Kiefer saying his base setting was really soft and they were going to adjust it? No, Kiefer was saying that his settings are fine. They're, it's not soft. It'll work great for the motos. Okay. Yeah. And I think it did. So, uh, good job, Grant Harlan. Again, makes no sense that he had his best race of the year on a board Honda in Paula with a Pulp Fans motorhome. None of that makes sense. But nope. it, it is. Uh, Freddie Norton, nine fourteen. Um, good job for those guys. McElrath, good second moto for McElrath. Uh, he was up there, got a good start, uh, hung in there pretty good. I felt like, anyways. Um, Marshall Welton, fourteen twelve. Bryson Gardner. Norton, Norton was so tired the second moto. Was he? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was on my fantasy team, and he lost. He was, I mean, absolutely smoked. And and I I understand, I get it. Yeah. I'm not coming down on him, but like, yeah, he's, it was. It was bad. He's normally not like that, right? Like, yeah, like he's pretty he's not not he's not, he's not like amazing shape, but he doesn't get that tired. But yeah, in this one, he did. So. Yeah, I'll give you just just an idea. Like his best lap of the second moto was a two thirty three. His last three laps two forty eight two fifty six three oh nine. Wow! Wow! That's the level of tired I'm talking about. 30 seconds. Yep. Jeez. 36 seconds now, slower. Was he because you because he was on your fan was he getting passed while Oh yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. wasn't like he was oh, by yeah. himself cruising. He no, was, no. This yeah. was I was watching with disdain. Right, right, right. Uh cuz I do I after the race I said to Benny uh yeah, you guys both got top 10 because I figured Freddie would have got top 10. I hadn't looked at the overalls yet. Yep. So I didn't notice him losing all those spots in the second moto. Oh, he would have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would have. Yeah. Uh, he went to uh, 14th, which was just, you know, happened to be one out of double points. Right. Uh, Bryson Gardner, good job for Bryson Gardner. That might get him a national number. We uh, we keep track of these things, and he was right on the verge, and that 10 points may may do it for Bryson Gardner. So Marchbank's second moto, I have no idea. Anybody know? Um, but he is. I saw him pull off. Yeah, but I don't know why. He is struggling to finish motos. I didn't even know Mookie didn't start second moto. Was he all I right? I didn't either. I was didn't he, either. Was I he okay? Know. Weed? Do you know what happened? I know he was involved in that first turn crash, but uh, the only thing I know is that uh, his his brother was disappointed with what he'd been seeing at these last couple races. <laughs> um, like every once in a while, I just glance at the results and just look, and 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 you're like. The eye starts at the top, right? And yeah. Like, oh, not ninth. Not, oh, okay. We're in the 15th. Oh, there he is. Um, I, 
Mookie was on the show. And, and I'm like, oh. do you even? I'm like, do you even know what happened in the second boat? He's like, I don't even think he raced. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, he was on the Mo- Monday Pulp Show, and I asked him about his bike. He's like, I'm not going fast enough to know how it's working. So <laughs> that's that was Malcolm for you. He's, there you go. Wasn't even worried about testing his bike because he wasn't going fast enough to to really talk about his bike. Uh, shout out Josh Moseman, orange helmet and all, twenty three twenty one on the day. Um, good job for for that. Connor Olson, Weege, thirty thirty one. Yep, well, we got to hang with him. Yep, same did. thing. Yep. Love the story. Love the backpack full of cash, courtesy of our friends at Fox Racing or Fox Raceway. Uh, uh, great job by the CEO. <laughs> I just, I just, well, they're sold now, so that's a different CEO. But I just stopped watching it, so it's fine. I don't even, I don't even get. I didn't even put it in the video anymore, honestly. Yeah. Well, I just we didn't even do it in the video, but I did see him in staging for practice. It's uh, good times. And then we, uh, Steve, we also ran into uh, Supercross specialist Joan Cross Cortez. Did you see his name in the results? It's not Joan Cross. I didn't realize he was Joan Cross Cortez until yeah, right now. I didn't either. Spanish, Spanish people have like four or five names minimum. So yep. he was riding an enduro model, Cowie. Had a kickstand mount on it and everything. And he hadn't ridden motocross, he said, in a long time. But why not 110-degree Paula to why not? <laughs> Joan yep. Cross. Uh, qualified 36, too. Barely barely made it, but made the motos. Um, we had Jerry – we had some guys in our Pulp Fantasy that picked – like were up there to win a motorcycle. And they picked Jerry. And it's 110 degrees. And they picked Jerry. I mean, look, uh, Jerry's a good dude, but his record of not finishing races is very high. And this was a very hot, hard race. I can't believe they, JT, I can't believe they would pick Jerry. I'm shocked. I saw Jerry running around like top 15 at the beginning. Yeah, I'm like, that's not going to last. Yeah, he was. That's not going to last. Yep. Yeah, There's he, no way. Yeah. Like, I just knew. And it's, that I know Jerry can go fast. I know I watch Jerry ride all the time, but yeah. to pick him with a bike on the line, tension like that, yes. Like that is a special type of torture. <laughs> it really is. It's and I think he went out with two laps to go in Moto One. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think, I think it was two laps to go. So uh, it's something else, man. Uh, all right. Uh, that's anything else. Four fifty wise. Anything else? Nope. All right. Nope. Thank you to Fly Racing uh, for making things happen. Flyracing.com at Fly Racing USA on social media. Check them out. Um, the Fly Racing athletes like um, Justin Brayton will be. Uh, Dominating Weege, the World Supercross? Yeah, I think we already have the number one plate. I think it's already done. Oh, really? Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. pre let's get it pre printed. Let's let's okay. collect some interest on that uh championship bonus check, all that. <laughs> wow, okay. Um mm-hmm. All right, so thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. I want to thank the folks at Renthal, of course, and Maxis. Also, motorsport.com, free shipping and everything over 79 bucks. OEM and aftermarket parts available as well. Uh, yeah, uh, they got a lot of stuff going on. UTV stuff, if you got a secret street bike like JT, they got parts for you. They got e-bikes as well. And, of course, motocross and accessories. Thank you to motorsport.com. Go through the banner on Pulpamex or Pulpamex.com to... Uh, to do that and we'd appreciate it also thank you to the folks at Koba links lowering suspension links from everything from aprilia to yamaha and uh yeah if you want to gain some more confidence uh have, increase the plushness of your suspension Koba links code pulpmx to save everything's built and designed in the boise idaho you're available through motorsport.com as well so if you're shorter stature you want to enjoy your ride a little bit more try Koba links out uh for anything aprilia to yamaha thank you to those guys and weege as well yeah, on X Maps, 615,000 plus miles of trails, undiscovered campsites, 
and all kinds of things like that. And they've even got a sale going here for Labor Day, which is available now and through uh, through September 7th, which I believe is Wednesday. Uh, type in Labor Day sale as your code, and you'll get 30% off on onxmaps.com or on X Offroad in the App Store. Give it 30% off. Try it out. You'll see how much uh, better it is than using the regular maps on your phone. Fantastic. Thank you to those companies for coming on board. This is the last review show of the year. Uh, we we got to... We've got to do another pod at some point so we can argue about other things, right? Um, I don't know what, but something down the road, I think. Uh, motocross the Nations? No? No? Well, no. Well, we got a pulp show. Yeah, we that, got a problem that with that night. one. Yeah, that that's not going to work. So we're just – the review show will be pulp show for donations. I mean, don't you feel? Yeah, I mean, we're all there. We're, both, we're all going to be at your house. Yes. That's all we're going to talk about for five hours. Yeah. So I feel like doing a re- doing a review show. <laughs> maybe we can review. Maybe we can do a review show on the B final. Uh, you guys literally do that every week. You do this thing on Sunday, and then you are, do the pulp show on Monday. Like it's been done. Okay, well, well, we'll talk about it as it gets closer. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we will talk about it <laughs> as we get closer. Uh, two fifty class uh, at Paula Jet Lawrence wraps it up one two on the day. Um, and, uh, yeah, it wasn't much uh, drama in that one. He rode very, very well, obviously got it done. Uh, Shimoda and Hunter Lawrence's collision. Shimoda, well, actually, let's talk about this. So Jet, Jet was trying to help his brother get second in the points. He was looking around at a few different spots, and then, JT, he was pissed after the he race at really the Honda pissed. guys, right? Yes, very much so, yelling very loudly at them uh, <laughs> that they didn't let him know that, that Hunter had gotten so close. I mean, he like I'm talking genuinely angry. Yeah. So he was going to move over and give Hunter the win. Yeah, because they would have been tied going yeah. into the second moto had right. he moved over. Right. Um, and what you were about to say is Joe was not happy with Hunter's pass. Not happy at all. Well, um, so, after the second moto, so they're buddies, the Lawrence brothers and Schmoe, obviously, and <laughs> they were. Yeah, and so Joe said, "I said, did Hunter say anything to?" He said, "No, I really thought he would have." I interviewed him after the race, Schmoe. And then I interviewed Hunter, and Hunter's like, yeah, that was bad. I mean, but on the other hand, Hunter's like, I didn't mean to do that. That was bad. I need to talk to him. But then he also, Hunter threw in a, you know, I'm going for, I'm going for uh, second place, you know? And, uh, he, he was, he came in there too hot. That was not like, I'm going to knock Joe down here. I, I truly, firmly believe that he got, he had too much speed coming in the corner, and he couldn't slow down. He was trying to slow down. Yeah. Now, did he want to? Was he willing to make contact there and, and move him out of the way? Maybe. No, he but said he wasn't that. trying nope. to he, knock him down. He said, "I knew there would be contact, but yes, right. not. he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't going for a takeout there, though. That that's my honest opinion because you can see in his body language, like he's full brakes, like he's trying to slow down to make it not really bad, and he, he couldn't slow down any more than he did. But then, like, if you're then Joe's like, you know, you know what you're doing, you know you're going down yeah, the hill, Joe, you, know, I, you know. So yeah, I get yeah. Joe's point too. Like Joe's like, hey, dude, like really, like, uh, yeah, I, I get both sides. I, but I, my only point is that I don't think Hunter meant to hit him that hard. I think he meant to make an aggressive pass there. But you, if you watch it in slow mo, like he's panic breaking yeah. there to try to slow down more than he is. Weej, we may have a Schmoda Lawrence, you know, breakup slash feud going on here. Yeah, we had the Lawrence Brothers on our unbelievably star-studded pre-race show Friday evening. Uh, you can watch that all on the American Motocross YouTube channel. That's the YouTube channel for the series. I highly recommend it because we had, let's see, Eli Tomac, the Lawrence Brothers, and James Stewart and Chad Reed. It's a pretty good pretty good list of guests. Uh, and also Noah Viney, 
who won the combine, who was stuck in between Stu and and Chad. And I think people wanted to hear from Stu and Chad, I think, more than him. Sorry, Noah. But um, Hunter made it seem more like uh, the friendship is more Joe and Jet because they're younger. Um, Mm, I don't think it's like he doesn't like Joe, but I think, yeah, they get along, obviously. Uh, But, yeah, that changed it. I was a little surprised to see that level of effort. Like, you're going to... You're going to pull over and hand over a moto win um, to help a guy get second in the points? Like, I mean, I, I know there's money on the line. Like, it's a lot of money. Yeah, so I guess I have to understand it because of that. But that that's that's a pretty heavy look. And I, I like, think I'm too, angry like, that I won the moto and I didn't pull over for second. Well, and, and, and if you go back to last year going into Jet winning his first Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship, Hunter made so many comments going into it about, hey, if he wins this title, like, it changes everything for our family, like, financially. So I, I think in those moments where there's a lot of money in the balance, like, they they truly do think, like, family family first type stuff. And that's the only reference I had to go back to is how many times Hunter talked about yeah. if, if Jet can win this title, like, getting us out of debt and paying off all these things that, you know, are holding us or that we've accumulated over, you know, years of traveling around the globe. So that's what I kind of point to in, the, in those moments. Yeah, it's true. They've kind of put it out there already. Yeah. Not, uh, Joe, not stoked. Hunter. Not. No, yeah, no, he was not. No, he was not. Um, four, one for Joe second overall. Uh, he hangs on to second in the points because Hunter got he a was, garbage start. He was hauling ass the second moto. Period. So, uh, I think Clinton Fowler posted this that the two largest motos, the largest margins of victories in motos this year were by Joe. This weekend, and then I don't know, yeah. whatever. Buds, did you or watch? Were you watching the lap times? Yeah, it was, like his lap times he was, were ridiculous he, in the second moto. He was gone, and then I was thinking to myself, you know, like, hey, Jet's got this thing wrapped up, but I mean, you know what, like. Still doesn't matter. Like he still wants to do it, right? He wants to beat him for Hunter. Is what yeah, I'm thinking. So he, I'm like, he said well, that on the podium. Yeah, like, yeah. And he basically said, like, I, I wanted to win, but yeah, Joe, like, see ya. Like, I, I, I couldn't. Yep, yep. Uh, Hunter's bad start. Second moto really did him in. He got up to fifth, but uh, that was all we can do. Justin Cooper, three three, got a whole shot uh, FFL as well. Thank you, Justin Cooper, for Pulp Fantasy reasons. Um, three three Weege for Justin Cooper. Yeah, that second moto was really impressive. I think he really needed that. Um, he hung with Jet the whole time, kept trying to get him back, yep. kept trying to get him back. I think he just needed to see some down-the-stretch endurance because it looked like it was happening with Washougal and Unadilla, and the last two races were kind of the early season Justin Cooper again. And I'd say all of this in the vein of motocross of nations because, look, we all know Sexton and Tomek are getting on the team. If Cooper ends up being bad at Redbud, uh, that is going to be questioned. There's a little bit of – there's – there's no question that Tomac and Sexton should be on the team. But if Cooper goes out having a couple of bad motos and then struggles at Redbud, there's going to be a lot of second guessing. So I think that was helpful for him to be strong again. Yeah, there's already some social media discourse about it, right? Uh, about Cooper. But yeah, just calm down, everybody. Yeah, I'm saying if he struggles at Redbud. If, if they get it done at Redbud, you know, that, that's I, the huge linchpin. Doesn't matter. I, did, I did like to see him be able to beat Marvin. And also, you know, he, he beat Hunter, second moto, and he rode with Jet. So, like, if, yeah. if you were worried about him, those are the guys you need to be worried about him riding with are Hunter and Muscan. The, to me, in my, my mind, those are the two. You need to be like, if, 
if he can't beat those two, we're in trouble. Or if he can't even keep those guys in sight, we're in trouble. And it looks like he could to me. Uh, RJ worked his way up through uh, crappy starts to go uh, seven four on the day. Hammaker, good job for that. Sixth, I mean, they hey, what? Sorry, yep. I, I just want to jump in before you moved on from Hammaker. That guy in time qualifying is one of the sendiest people I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's <laughs> really he's really good at it. But wow, does he go for it in those time qualifying he, laps? Uh, remember, he qualified first at the first Paula. The Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a compliment. It's unbelievable how fast he can go. Uh, there was questions for Seth, too, with heat. I brought this up to him afterwards. And, you know, like, I think we're past that already. He's fixed it. I talked to his trainer earlier this year. And all and Ivan Tedesco is working with him, too. And, um, you know, yeah, he's, he's past all that. But there was questions. And, you know, even he admitted it. It's in his mind. But he was strong, sixth overall, seventh overall in the series. Good job for Seth Hamaker. I think an under an underrated rider. Yeah, he's got he's got way more in the tank than I think most people realize. Uh, Marvin showed up to ride two fifties, ran third in the first moto for a little bit. Uh, he went five nine on the day. He he said that literally this is off the couch. This is what this means. Uh, this is off the couch. He rode. He went to the. He said he went for a couple of runs. He uh, rode a couple times. And then DV wanted him to race Paula. So, yeah, it was cool to see Marv back, Weege, and 250 class. Yeah, he rode awesome. I I was trying to find him all day. I never saw him, so I ended up talking to Roger real quick. He didn't indicate that he had ridden that little. I, I think Roger might have thought he rode more in Europe during his vacation than Marv indicated to you. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that much. I mean, obviously, he missed the whole summer. I knew he wasn't in full shape. Uh, man, considering that, I mean, he rode awesome. Yeah, he rode awesome, and, and the mind wanders. You know, they had offered him to race a 250 this summer, and he didn't want to do it. But you wonder how he would have fit in. I don't know if he goes and beats Jet Lawrence for a title, but it would have been really fun to have him in the mix. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering about the adaption to a 250 for him. You know, like how was it? Like you know, you got to ride different lines, you got to carry a momentum, blah blah. And he didn't even he wasn't even having it with me. Like yeah, whatever. Yeah, he like didn't seem like a big problem for so. Yeah. Uh, you this know, is why we advocate for 450 riders to drop down to 250s for donations. Yeah. It's fine. I was trying to get to the bottom of like, well, were these kids trying to take your legs off? Were you, That's you right. know, not you, you couldn't pass because you needed to keep momentum up? All that stuff that happens in 250s, and he wasn't even really giving me anything. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it seemed like a big deal. Um, all right. Voland, eighth. Thrasher, ninth. Mumphy had a good race, although at some point in the middle of the second moto, Mumphy was listed as out. Hashtag. Never changed. Live timing. Glad to, <laughs> glad that we went out, you know, with a bang. Because uh, at one point, Mumphy was out. Just gone. So. Okay. But he wasn't. He actually. We got him back. It's fine. That's all that counts. We 10, got him back. 10 12 on the day. Good job for Mumphy. 10th overall. Uh, Derek Kelly, 11th. McAdoo. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, poor kid. Last lap. La- first lap of first moto, first race. Last lap, last moto, last race. Paula, dude. Paula. He he may have to skip this round next year. It's like the worst comparison to Tomac's first race and last race ever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Uh, I actually saw it. JT, did you ever see it? No, I never saw the crash, no. We actually have – the TV actually had the clip of the crash, and they didn't want to show it because at the time, he was laying motionless on the track and was carried off in a backboard, and he slammed into a flagger, and the flagger literally flipped um, – yeah, he came off a jump just completely sideways and like landed way off the side of the track and weeded himself. And um, 
yeah, at the moment when he's motionless on a backboard and a flagger's lying on the ground with a broken leg, they're like, ah, I don't think we need to show that clip. <laughs> Lucky to know, I, Steve, you found out that he only, and this is only in motocross terms, only was knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, only knocked himself out. And then the flagger apparently had a broken leg or something. Um, so Nick, Nick Way was right there. So I got the scoop from Nick. He said that, you know, he was going, he was cutting that turn tight, 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 and then, you know, went, got too tight, got shot off the track, and then tried to save it. And he said, like, you know, typical McAdoo, he's like, you probably should have let go, but, you know, that kid's not going to do that. He's going to try to save everything. And then that, that made it worse. And he said the bike just, he said the flagger, Nick's quote, the flagger showed uh, surprisingly some athleticism. <laughs> Nick was impressed with the flagger trying to jump the bike. He couldn't make it, but Nick was like, oh, it's pretty good. Pretty good move by the guy, like, you know. So he was impressed with the flagger's uh, uh, move. But, uh, yeah, poor Matt. JT, you know when the guy's high side in MotoGP, I think this happened in Mir uh, just recently. I mean, they just fly. They just literally fly when they high side. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what the flagger did. Like, he was just levitating, just went airborne <laughs> when he got hit by the bike. Uh, Hayden yep. Deegan, 13th. Uh, good job for him. 8 17. Uh, sorry, nope. That was 16 uh, 10 on the day for Hayden Deegan. And I was there for the Hymas Deegan battles for sure. I was there. Oh, it was good. Yeah, loved it. Uh, Deegan was Sendy, too, by the way. Speaking of Sendy, uh, he was ripping in the first ta- qualifying session. Yeah. I mean, going for yeah, it. Yeah, fourth, fourth overall, I think. Uh, first time. Um, yeah, so yeah, 13th overall. That's good. Good job for Hayden. Uh, and Hymas, I thought Hymas was pretty good. First moto looked like he – did he get tired or – He crashed I, on the start. Yeah, no. But, but, and then I think – I do believe he got tired. Yes. Yeah, like I think it all caught up to him, right? Because then his times yeah, were going – Too much, too much uh, energy trying to make it all happen at once, like yep. from the back, and then I think he blew up a little bit. Yep, yep. Second moto was good, though, for, for Hymas, for sure. 11th, um, right behind Deegan. And uh, Ryder D didn't finish. I don't know what happened to him. I'm not sure. Uh, it wasn't – wasn't great, man. Honestly, my opinion, he looked pretty tired. Yeah, fifteen thirty-one on the day. He was he was motioning. I, I I will give a caveat. He was motioning at his goggles, like something was going on with his goggles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to also mention that he did look tired. Between Hayden Hymas and Talon Hawkins in seventeenth, Weech, that's a good good job for these kids. Yeah, uh, it's just such a weird situation right now with these combines. Um, who's in? Who's out? Uh, Viney ends up racing the first national here at the beginning of the year and goes back and does the combine at the end of the year and goes 1-1. So the the pathways have become very complicated. There's so many. Do you race the combine? Do you race the national? And like I said, every week we have a podcast at MXGP with Lewis Phillips and Adam Wheeler, and they talk about how the EMX 250 series has basically taken the MX2 gate and split it in half. Half the riders are in one, half the riders are in the other. So... Uh, I think this might be where we're headed, where and people then, don't know which one they should be doing. And then you were told that Braswell didn't ride the combine because he's got a ride. So now, yes, now we're skipping yes. combines because we get rides. We're we're skipping two fifty supercross to not point out, and then we're skipping combines now. Yep, yep. I'll tell you this: if at some point combines or supercross futures ever become something that is a a champion is crowned. I mean, they really stress in these combines, it's not about the results, it's about the experience. But if the results ever get stressed, where they say the word, someone is a champion, uh, now it's going to get weird. Like, we just yeah, know how it works. Yeah, right. We just know how this works. Ridiculous. 
Um, all right. Uh, LeBlanc, not a good day. Is he going back there next year? Do we know? Man, I don't know. They got a lot of riders. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, remember, they have Jordan Smith waiting in the wings. Yeah, he's been motoring down. Jordan's motoring down for a while now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and also, um, who are we missing? Um, gosh, what's his name? What is his name? Spanish no. name? Nate no. Thrasher? Uh, no. no. Romano? No. Husky Rider. Styles. Oh, Styles. Styles. Oh, Styles. Styles. Yeah. You're right. Yep. I can't. I can't think straight. Yep. Um. All right. Anything else? Uh, Hardy Munoz showed up. Put in a good qualifying time. Um, His uh, bike broke second moto. Okay. Derek Drake had a miserable day. Um, I noticed. Preston Kilroy had a miserable day also. Yes, Kilroy. I thought we looked at for fantasy JT because he's strong, right? And I was like, That's, yeah, it awesome. did not go well. No. So, but yeah, the Bar X team. You know, M- Mumphy did good, but yeah, Kilroy and Drake, not great. Um, yeah. Anything else? Slade Smith. I don't know anything about Slade Smith, but twentieth overall, sixteenth in the second moto. Nope. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Is he South African? Yes. Okay. That's all I know. All right. I, I gave you. All, I gave you everything I had. Right. We had another Hawaii rider there too, uh, Brian Medeiros. All right. Okay. Not quite as good okay. as the other Hawaii rider, but he was there. Uh, I think that guy was at the Hawaiian race we we went to. Oh, oh, well, that changes everything. Yeah, I think he was there for, when for we him. were when yep. we when we took over that stadium. Yeah, we did. We rocked it, and we rocked it so hard the stadium is uh, collapsed. Yep, you know? yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Jet Lawrence, champion, four fifty outdoors uh, next year. So that'll be that will be interesting to see Jet and Chase Sexton on Honda 450s outdoors. and uh, Oh, that does remind me one other thing from our pre-race show. So in typical unfiltered Jet Lawrence fashion, I kind of said like, hey, were you thinking about racing a 450, you know, if you had wrapped up the title? And I'm thinking he's going to say, yeah, cause to prepare for donations, to prepare for next year. And he did say yes. He would have wanted to if he had wrapped up the title early. And then without prompting, it's just like, Plus, you know, I could have helped out Changers. I, you know, my goal would have been to whole shot, let Changers buy, and then just ride the widest bike possible and hold Tomac back. So first we were like, Changers? Changers is what the Lawrence brothers call Chase Sexton. So mm. we had to get that straight. Yep. It took Stu about 10 minutes to even know who Changers was. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the Lawrence brothers. It takes a little while to understand their language. Yeah. And what is the fact that Jet, in typical unfiltered fashion, was like, I'm not even doing it, but I'm still going to tell you what I would have done, which is try to whole shot and block Tomac. <laughs> I would love to get a, I would love to get a like spreadsheet of all the riders with their nicknames on it. That's what we need from the Lawrence's. Because I, I, we've only heard, I guarantee we've only heard the tip of the iceberg with all you know all the riders and who they are. Like we hear them every once in a while. Just mistaken or accidentally, we don't we don't have the full list, right? Like I never I never said, hey, is there a nickname for Chase Sexton? It just luckily he got brought up. There could be we never we Jason Anderson. They might have a nickname for him. Oh I've, well, they basically told you. They said they have. If you have just a normal name, they have a nickname for you. Wonder what they, I wonder what they call Weege. Yeah. No, uh, Hunter said Weege is short enough. That's good. And then Stu was hoping they had one for him, but he was just Stu or Bubba also. Jet said Bubba. Oh, they a little bit of Bubba, yeah. 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 Booba. Changers. I always like Booba. Booba. Um, all right. Okay. And help out Changers. They were friends with them back in the Geico Honda days. He's yeah. To help Changers. Yeah. Oh, well, go, go Changers. Absolutely. 
All right, that's a wrap, I think, on the uh, on the review pod. Eli Tomac, great champion. I told you guys from the start. I called it, and, uh, you know, that was my guy. So. It was never in doubt. I, I honestly, it was in doubt for his knee injury. In my mind, I'm like, I think he's going to hurt his knee again. He's, he just catches it one time. He has, he's, has a, he took some time off the bike after Supercross. But, yeah, it, like, literally never came into play. Once he got his bike dialed in after Paula won, he was fine the whole way. Oh, never doubted it. Never. Yeah, never. Oh, okay. Had it under control the whole time. No, I mean, no, as far as racing the whole series, like, the knee was never a factor. No, the knee was never – I didn't uh, hear anything no, about the I'll knee. That, yes. No one talked about the knee. There was no issues with the knee that I know of at, at any point. So, okay. yeah, it was all of that. So, uh, all right, before we go, uh, one more prediction, MXDN. It'll be the, the, the next time you guys hear our, our listeners hear us three will be the Monday Night Pulp Show the day after MXDN. Does USA get it done? Weech. Oh, I, oh okay, God. JT. Yeah, I don't I have, want to go there. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I mean, everything that history has told me over the last decade, absolutely not. If I don't expect anything, I can't be let down. Okay. I want them to win. Just I think they should. It's going to be cool. It's in the red bud. But part of me, I'm not going to lie, part of me wants them to not even get on the box for Monday's show with JT. Like, like that, like a small part of me is like, dude, if it's a disaster, I would say it's a big part of you. He JT's going to sit here on Monday night, breaking it down. That's it. That, that's not nah, man. You know, I, you can't, if you don't expect anything, which I don't anymore, right. they have thoroughly broken me. Yeah. I am like a, 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 a racehorse. Think of the greatest racehorse you've, you've ever known. That was me championing team USA. And now I live in a stable, and I, I spend most of my time laying down. That, that is what has happened to me. I, I think they get it done. I think they do it. Yep, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think well, it we all, we all know what the, the stats and the, you know, we yeah. all know what it looks like going in, but it doesn't seem to mean much. Weege? Yeah, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> If they if they finish if they finish a hard fought second to Australia is that is that still like you know good? No. Okay. All right. I'm already starting to see too much angry conjecture uh, from fans. I'm not wading into those waters because I put out one tweet last week that said fans love the Lawrence brothers and love Australians, but it's about to get complicated. And then I had so many people coming at me like, "There is no complication." USA, USA, you. And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, those fans are right." I, I think the point is my, my the I know what the point is. I said it. My point is, you do realize for the weekend you're going to have to hate Jet Lawrence. You're going to have to hate Hunter Lawrence. Like this is just a weird, you know. For three days, you're going to have to hate them. And I don't think people. Yeah. And they're going to be good. Hate like, is a strong word. They're going to be good. Hate is a yeah. strong word. No, I'm just I'm just saying. Like they're normally fan favorites. They will not be fan favorites. They will not weekend. be. There's a, well, there's a difference between being a fan favorite and hate. That's all I'm saying. Like I, I won't hate them. No. I definitely won't be cheering for them. And I, I consider myself a Jet Lawrence fan. Like, I like him. I like how he rides. I like yeah. how loose he is off the bike. But I, I won't be cheering for him at, you know, it's going to be yeah. a totally different dynamic. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. It's just yeah. going to be I a just weird situation I just, where now suddenly think, all the people that love Jet Lawrence are yeah. not going to be I just think hate is, hates okay. a lot. Well, what I'm getting at is the Sports nationalism time. nationalism that makes people go insane for this race is right. already building. So, by the time oh, there will there, be some. There will be some. I just yeah, I'm talking so about I'm sane, out sane people. I'm, I'm talking about the, yeah. I'm talking about the sane people. Okay. Well, that's not who you get on uh, social media. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. The the uh, the nationalism for Team Canada when any hockey tournament is going on is 
is just insane, right? Yeah. Just ridiculous. And, and I got people being like, do you think Australia has any chance? Like, Jet can't keep up with Tomac and Sexton, and, and Cooper's great. And I'm like, the race doesn't go that way. Like, What do you mean any paper. chance? Of course they have a chance. That's they my point. Great like, chance. You, you, I know you want Team USA to win, but the race is weird. Like, we can't just be like, well, Jet's new in a 450. He can't beat Tomac and Sexton, so they have no chance. Like, it doesn't work that way almost ever. They have the 250 national champion. And luck and, they have the 250 yeah. national champion, the third place in the series, and then they have a top five MXGP guy. Of course they have a chance. Like, I mean, that's a ridiculous ask. If that's what I'm saying. So I'm getting very unrealistic responses, so I'm no longer wading into these waters. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, sorry, guys. They have a great chance. They yeah. do, absolutely. No. If you have yeah. three good riders at that race, with how that race goes, you have a good chance. You End know, of story. With, End of story. With Kenny not lining up and not really being on the level lately, and then Geyser's staying home and, and Hurlings isn't there, the depth isn't going to be great. It's never that great. An, un, an untold story of the MXDN is there's not great depth, um, and, and it's going to be even lessened this year by these other guys at sort of countries that don't have a chance or – I think you know. I think that's I think that's a misconception, man. I just think that the star power maybe isn't what you would want, but there are going to be a lot of guys that people don't know who they are. They're going to be going really fast. Yeah, that's my prediction. Guys like Valentin Guillaume, like he ran third the entire day today. He's going to be going really fast, and people are going to be like, "I don't know who that is," and he's still going to be going fast, even if you don't know who he is. He's not going to care about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, you know, that I look at some of the Canadian guys' results over the years, and I'm like, eh. You know, this guy got fifth in the MX2 class, sixth in the MXGP, and you're like, eh. You know, so um, there's a clear line of countries that are the the guys, right? And I think the lack of guys coming over will help USA. It will, but I think the Dutch will, I think the Dutch are going to surprise us, even without hurlings. Everybody's counting them out because of we, they don't have hurlings, but I think they're going to be really good, and we're not even thinking about them. Yeah. Weed, you're not even going to go there, are you? Nope. I okay. got to go. Right. We'll race them one. Yep. All yep. right. <laughs> we'll race them one. It's time. Uh, yes. Th- thanks to the sponsors, uh, Fly Racing, Maxis, Renthal, all balls racing, motorsport, Coba, uh, motorsport.com, Coba links, and of course, Onyx Maps, Weeds, JT. Uh, thanks, boys. We'll talk soon. See ya. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.